Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. All right, here we are back at it again, live from St. Charles, Missouri, at the MOBAP convention, take two. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I deleted the audio of this previous podcast, so this is it was gold. <laughs> it was gold. It's the best podcast ever. It, re- it would have been life changing. People were committing to missions. Churches were being planted and replanted. It was amazing. It was amazing. We had three salvations. <laughs> yes, yes. person slain in the spirit. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, oh, that's a lie, except for the fact that we deleted the audio. (laughs) Bob deleted the audio. That's okay. That's okay. We are here, and you know how much I love you, Bob? You love me how much, Jimbo? I would drive 500 miles, and I would drive 500 more. And then 350 more just to be the man (laughs) at your door. That's right. So Jimbo and his family, the Stew Crew, rolled into uh, Webster Groves on uh, Sunday, early after, late afternoon. And uh, joined us in the house, the Bickford Casa there, yep. and uh, we've been hosting them. So it's really good. For our, our, our wives had met, and uh, it's the first time I got to really meet your kids. Yep. And they were pretty excited about meeting me. And they were. You've got, you've got a unique uh, name that just rolls right off the tongue well. And for some reason, my kids, as I was telling about this trip, have just gone around the house all the time saying, Bob Bickford. Yep. Bob Bickford. Yep. So we were driving in today, and I was like, hey, I need to, I'm trying to remember where Bob parked yesterday. And Maggie goes, do you mean Bob Bickford? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't see my spot with the sign, did you? I didn't see the Bob Bickford sign. No, I didn't. No, the kids love saying your name. They enjoy you guys. And you guys got a great house, man. Thanks. Thanks. We, uh, you have to come back when it's nice so we can watch sports on the sports deck out back when it's warm. And we got a great, we got a fire pit and the whole thing. So. Hey, boot camp listeners, if you're driving through Webster Groves, hit me up. Let me know. Yeah. Hey, boot camp listeners, one more thing before I forget. I said at the end last time, and I wanted to say at the beginning, we've got some really great-looking new hats. Oh, we do. They're just, I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, the Black Ops hat, the Replant Black Ops hat. Yeah, and so we gave our guest today, which we'll introduce here in the second one, yesterday, and he said it was the greatest hat he had ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> Hands down. Hands, Hands down. down. Hey, his voice. You've heard his voice. It's the voice. Brandon Moore. I'm jealous of his voice. He does have a great voice. So yeah, Brandon, I have a face for radio. So I, you know. Oh, you're a handsome man. You're a handsome man. Don't kid yourself. Hey, but you can have one of your own hats. How can our listeners have their own hat, Bob? Well, Jimbo, they can go to Facebook and Twitter and like us and they can... Show, show that they've liked us, show that they're sharing social posts, then go to iTunes and, and write a review. And there's there's a great way that, that we explain it all on replantbootcamp.com on a blog post there. We just are trying to get the word out about the podcast, and we need you to help us do that. And you can get rewarded by getting a replant bootcamp hat. The greatest hat of all history. Yes. All right, so we do have a great guest with us today who actually invited us to be a part of this. And so really glad to get to be a part of a panel last night discussing revitalization and replanting and all things. Brandon Moore, welcome, man, to the boot camp. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us here at the convention. All right, today we're going to talk about residencies because you have a residency here that you guys lead with the with the convention, working with associations. We have a residency in Jacksonville. And so we believe in replanting and revitalization residencies. 
why? Why do we believe in that? What is the benefit of doing a replanting and revitalization residency, Brandon? Yeah, so I, I think one of the big things is getting that hands-on experience in what what many guys are going to enter into as their first church out of seminary. I mean, the real life, as you guys say, boots on the ground kind of ministry, getting their hands dirty, getting practical experience. And so a residency weds, you know, content with actual hands-on experience. And so you're not just learning for several years and then applying afterwards, but rather you're learning and applying, learning and applying over and over again. So I think that's one of the big beauties of residencies. I love that idea because, you know, most of us went through our Bible college or seminary and we were part of a church, probably uh, maybe a larger church. And sometimes as a student, either a Bible college student or a seminary student, you really are, are in transition. And so you may not invest very deeply. And so you miss the local experience or the hands-on experience in, in practicum. So one of the things I, I was telling you guys earlier was my major, my, one of my first undergrad majors, I had four majors just by the way in college. And, you were that guy. Uh, I was that guy. I was, but I finished in uh, four and a half years or, uh, ultimately when we count it all up. But um, <laughs> it's another story. So I wanted Jimbo I, and Brandon, I wanted to be a basketball coach and a science teacher. Went to the University of Arkansas, go Razorbacks, Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey. So we, we uh, had a class that the first semester of your sophomore year, you had to go and observe for about 20 hours in a school. And so I got sent to a high school and I went in the high school and observed for those 20 hours. And you know what I decided after that 20 hours? What'd you decide? I do not want to be a science teacher and a basketball coach. (laughs) 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 And here's the cool thing about a residency. In residency, you get some equipping, you get some education, you get some cohort learning, but you also get hands-on experience to help confirm your call and affirm your call or redirect your call. And that's one of the things I think is most valuable about a residency. Yeah, there's something about getting boots in the ground, hands-on experience that is more valuable than anything you can ever get in a classroom. And it will equip you in a greater way, but it also can help you evaluate and understand maybe maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is not what God has called me to. But one of the things we have to realize, maybe you don't think revitalization is something you're super passionate about, but if you feel called to be a pastor of a local church, there's a pretty high probability you're going to be pastoring a church in need of revitalization. Absolutely. 80% of our 46, 47,000 churches in the SBC need to be revitalized. Brandon, in terms of the number of churches in Missouri Baptist Convention, how, how many would you say need to be revitalized? 80%? Yeah, we've got 48% that are in decline, another 18% that are plateaued. Okay. And so, I mean, you're looking at, at a, out of our 1,800 churches, about uh, 1,200, uh, maybe a little bit less than that, that yeah. need to be revitalized yeah. So, some degree or another. Yeah, so chances are that's what you're going to end up in. And so there can be a great benefit to doing a residency. Brandon, if someone were to do a residency here in Missouri, in connection with you guys, what would that look like? What all would that entail? Yeah, so our network for revitalization and replanting is big on partnership with associations. And so one of the things that we did was start an associational cohort. And we brought guys together, some that were already in the thick of, of pastoral ministry and been doing it for years, some that were bivocational, and others that were, you know, kind of more your traditional, what you would think of as a resident looking to get into pastoral ministry. And so 
We, we got guys involved in a once a month cohort uh, meeting where we discussed the books we were reading and videos we were watching. And we, we zoomed in with some leaders around the nation, you guys and others. Day ever in the history of that residency when they brought you in, Jimbo. That was really probably the pinnacle of the whole experience. Exactly. I think probably they wrote papers about it. It was yeah. a make or break moment for a few of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Your, your beard was incredibly inspirational. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, that opportunity for many of them, though, to get to hear about replanter characteristics was another thing we covered. And so got to hear that from you guys and how those things you know, land in ministry. Um, but then we also paired them with healthy church pastors that could coach them mm. along the way. And so they were then um, applying that stuff and, and had some accountability. Um, had some other projects involved, um, kind of scattered throughout the year, one of which was being kind of articulating their vision for revitalization and replanting, which I think is an important piece for them to be able to put pen to paper and and be able to articulate that and cast it to churches in the future. Absolutely, because you know one of the biggest things that most of us who prepared for ministry imagined and dreamt about and hoped for and prayed for was the day that we would walk into the office, sit behind a desk, and we would be the guy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then most of us, in truthfulness, when we walked into the office step behind the desk and we realized we were the guy, we went, what now? Right. And so for a resident to come out of your your residency program and already know through experience and then also have already written an initial plan in principle about what he believes about revitalization and how he would approach it, phenomenally important. I really thought that I would spend all my time studying and discipling people and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've been you know, like doing insurance stuff and <laughs> trying to contact the police about the guy who stole your hand sanitizer yeah. and all those sorts of things and counseling people who are disgruntled. Yeah. There, there's no telling what all you're going to end up doing, which is why you have to be a resourceful generalist. <laughs> yeah, that's one, one <laughs> yep. of the important characteristics. Brandon, man, I'm so excited. So like the guys who are coming to your residency, you can describe the kind of the, the guy that's coming to your residency program here. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, many of them are guys that, man, they're like, they've been equipped in seminary or through a variety of other means to, to preach the word, study the word, to, to do pastoral ministry, and they do all of those things really well. But they, they got in the midst of some really difficult church situations and realized they hadn't been equipped to lead. And, and so a large part of our residency is focusing on that leadership component and uh, just competencies in, in those areas, many of which align with those you know, visionary shepherding, resourceful generalists, not only you know, be the, the skills, but also the, the kind of person that they need to be uh, to be a resourceful generalist, to be humble and willing to, to go after certain things, even though that may not be comfortable for them or in their wheelhouse. And so... We just had a bunch of guys that were, you know, recognizing their need and were really teachable. And, and so, I mean, I think that's one of the keys for a resident is just teachability. We often think of a resident as a young guy who's in Bible college or seminary or guys getting to start his pastoral career. It's a kind of a finishing process. But Jimbo, you, you have a really unique story about a resident that you had at your, your uh, church in Jacksonville who really kind of breaks the mold of that stereotype. Tell us about him. Yeah, this was a really humbling experience to be approached by this because the the guy who just finished residency at our church, 63 years old, owned his own business. I got saved later in life, 
and shortly after that felt called to sell everything he owned and move to Costa Rica and be a missionary with his wife and kids. And so they did that. And I think for like five years, they lived in Costa Rica and were missionaries there. And ultimately what they were doing without even realizing it was kind of creating a revitalization network of these rural churches in Costa Rica and helping them figure out how to engage their communities better, partnering them with the state site, with American churches and all sorts of stuff like that. And it really just created this deep missional heart and passion for the local church. So when they came back to the United States, he ended up going to a church that ended up growing pretty large non-denominational church in our area and actually ended up being on staff as the associate pastor of this pretty large church and was on staff, I believe, for eight years. But the last two of those years, he really felt God pulling his heart back to some of those same things that he did in Costa Rica as he would drive through the communities and see all these churches dying. And so he started asking around, hey, I just want to know a little more about revitalization and who's doing anything about these dying churches. And somebody told him, you need to talk to some guy named Jimbo. And so he came to my office and I kind of shared with him the vision of how we do residencies. And he goes, sign me up. And I said, you understand this is unpaid and I'm young enough to be your son. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and he, he left a full-time position at a mega church to come do this residency with us. But really great guy, owns a surfboard company that uh, he custom makes surfboards for people, surfs all the time. Really great guy, great communicator, great leader. So we're excited to see now that he's finished the residency, what's next for him. Man, you know, the future of replanting in terms of the kinds of pastors that could be called that are guys like that, mm-hmm. right? Guys that have business acumen, who have real world experience, who have, can handle a lot of leadership variables. God can really cu- use guys like that. So if we, we have some guy that just happened across the podcast and you're an older guy that, you know, you've, you've had some business experience and you just have a humble heart and want to serve, man, get involved in a residency and... and engage and and, because so many of the churches that need to be revitalized and replanted are going to be in need of a really high quality, high capacity, bivocational pastor. And for the young guys listening, maybe go out to the garage and learn how to make surfboards right now. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, you need a, you need like a workshop kind of an idea. You need a bit ability perhaps to, to is there a large market for surfboards in Missouri? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess wakeboarding may be big and I don't know if you could factor that down, but I don't know. But Brandon, you guys have a really unique residency opportunity here in the state of Missouri in a partnership with Midwestern Seminary. Would you tell us about that? Yeah. So this past summer we did our first run at it with college and, and seminary age, like typical college and seminary age guys, that they spent the summer with us. Um, we partnered them with a strong church and a struggling church. So they got a, they had a strong church pastor that mentored them throughout the summer. And uh, they were paired also, as part of the beauty of associational partnerships, they were paired with a struggling church within that association to be mobilized and, and see not just how it's done healthy, but also like, you know, some of the things they'll be walking into in, in revitalization or replanting work. And so, I mean, my brother actually was one of the guys this summer. And I mean, he almost ended up serving kind of like as a one month interim uh, at a church because they were without a pastor all of a sudden. And so they just let him do like whatever. Also, and, the and, accidental interim pastor. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. Look, do whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. And and he, he grew a ton, you know, and he had an awesome mentor pastor. And we had, of 
course, we had content. We were walking through like what's biblical church look like. We were walking through leadership competencies and, and replanting characteristics. But all of that added together just shaped up to be a really great summer. But with Midwestern, we, we fit into one of their partnership programs that allowed guys to get six hours of credit for free. Like nice. tuition free. For so, free. Yeah. Nice. So not only did they not pay for tuition, but with our program, they actually are part of our college summer missions program. So they got a $15 stipend, all this experience, and six hours of credit. Wait, there's so, more? Right, yeah. Yeah, my residents don't need to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they got free lunch every once in a while, but that's as much Popeye's as they got. chicken sandwich, right? <laughs> that's awesome, man. That is, that's really incredible. Now, one of the things that some of our listeners may be thinking is, you know what? Uh, I don't live near Missouri, and I'm in a position where I can't just uproot my family. We may have some AMS leaders out there thinking, well, good grief, how do I start a residency? I don't know if I could figure it out. One of our great partners, Mark Halleck, from the Calvary Family of Churches in Denver, Colorado, has a site called nonignorable.org. We'll put it in the show notes. They have a complete residency program and system put together with 40 lectures, 40 sessions, videos, student notes, notes for you if you want to run a residency. It's almost like a, it's really a turnkey system and it, and it's great material. And have you guys used that material and would you endorse that and give us yep. a word about that? Yeah, we used it in both of our cohorts, both this summer. It was an option for guys to utilize and some supplemental study. And then in our other cohort, we had guys watch all 40 videos oh, yeah. and, and they, I mean, that was some of the, uh, across the board, that was feedback that we got. It was some of the most helpful material we walked through. That and so. Jimbo's appearance on Zoom. Yes. Right, yeah. that. Obviously, yeah. uh, underneath that. <laughs> no, it's a, we use the same material. We use all of Mark Halleck's stuff in, in, in our residency as well because it's just so good and it's free. And one of the things I want to talk about is how the way we do residency is very similar but also very different than what Brandon described in Doing a residency is not a cookie-cutter process. Yep. It's it's not something that has to be done in a particular way. I think there are elements that need to be in it. There needs to be good content material. There needs to be some coaching. And there needs to be some experiential opportunities for you to experience some things. So what we've been doing in Jacksonville with our association is equipping local churches to host their own residency. So we kind of put together a lot of that structure of what it needs to look like. We work with that local pastor to customize it however he wants, and then we give him everything he needs to be able to lead a residency. And so I'll add that in the show notes, that a copy of that most recent one that we've done, and you can kind of see what that looks like. Contact me. I'd love to talk with you about how we could customize it for you. And it's really a pretty turnkey, easy process for you to lead. But one of the cool things is one of the guys I, I'm setting up with, the pastor, was talking about, man, I'm going to make sure I read all these books and watch all these videos so that I can have really good conversations with him. And it's going to make him a better revitalization pastor while he's leading this guy in a revitalization residency. And so there's great benefit into approaching this in a lot of different ways. The key is being a lifelong learner, mm -hmm. having the humility to sit under somebody and have, or some bodies and have them help develop and strengthen you. And so who are the kind of people that should be in a residency? Because Brandon, you talked about some college age guys. You talked about some guys who are in churches already leading them. So who should be in a residency? Yeah, I mean, I think guys that recognize that they, 
that lifelong learner piece that you talked about. You know, guys that are that are passionate about that should look for what kind of resources are available around them. I think the thing is, and and I, I regrettably say this, but I came from a really large church situation, a progressive church, a, a, a church that most people would know. And just because I'd interned there, I thought I knew. I thought I knew a lot, and I was not a humble dude. And one of the things that's so important for all of us to learn and embody is humility. And here's the truth. If we don't learn it and we don't embody it, God will put us in situations where we have to learn it. So, Yeah, you'll either be humble or you will be humbled. Yes, there you go. That was much better, Jimbo. Thank you. Uh, I think it's, I mean, a piece of the humility piece, yes, for the guys that are looking at uh, being a resident, but for the guy that's like doing the residency, like it can be helpful um, in, in recognizing like the need to develop other leaders to come alongside you. Like if, um, guys that do g- residencies well are humble guys, I think, typically, because they, they recognize they need to be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. They can learn from mm-hmm. their residents. They need a, a team of guys around them. Um, plurality of leadership and and residencies are great for sending guys out, but also raising up pastors within your own congregation. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and it can be such a benefit to the church as well that hosts the residency. So one of the things that we do is we have them do rotations in children's ministry, youth ministry, worship ministry, senior adults, and they observe for a little bit, they serve for a little bit, and then they lead in some capacity so that they can be observed in that process. But in that, they have to write a paper after each rotation that gives some feedback and some observations. And it's almost like getting a secret shopper in those areas for you as a pastor, because I don't know about you, but I've often wondered, what else is going on right now when I'm preaching? <laughs> like, yeah, what is actually happening? What is in actually happening ministry? in yeah. children's ministry yeah, yeah. or in preschool or yeah. what happens on Wednesday night in youth ministry when I'm teaching a Bible study? Yeah. And you get some eyes a little bit on that that give you some outsider feedback that aren't a part of the family necessarily, or maybe they are, maybe you've raised them up from within. And but they give you that perspective as well. So it can be a benefit to the church on that. The other thing we do to make sure that's a benefit to the church is we ask the resident to do a residency long ministry project. So for whatever the length of the residency, 10 months, 12 months, 9 months, they have one or two kind of assignments to help improve a certain area of ministry. That gives them an opportunity to lead for an extended period of time, but also gives them an opportunity to be observed, but also gives them an opportunity to be kind of enmeshed into the family and the community of the church and kind of become a part of the family. So for us, doing residencies has been so cool for our church as we send them out. And the church has really bought into that guy. And they're going, man, we're so excited for you. So when uh, one of our residents took a church recently, he sent a video to our church to play on Sunday morning to just say, hey, thank you so much for the residency. Everything I do, you guys are a part of it. Uh, you guys sent me. We're not really his sending church. He came from another church to do the residency with us, but our church got to be a part of that story and connected. And when his father-in-law passed away, some of our church members went to his, that funeral and ministered to his family in that time. And it gives your church an opportunity to even practice sending. And so maybe as a revitalization church, you feel like we're not ready to really be a sending church yet. Well, maybe you are, and maybe it's as simple as doing a replanting revitalization residency, and now you get to be a part of sending, and that is great for a local church. It builds it into the DNA uh, of the church, 
over the long term. And I, I think you, you probably mentioned this just in the sense of you don't have to be a large church to be a sending church. Every church, every church already is sending anyway, mm-hmm. right? When people move to a different part of the metro and they go to a different body of believers or they move out of state. Sometimes I wish I could send some people, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all we all have felt that before, but I, I think that's one of the things to celebrate that is, and one of the, one of the pastors I served with one time, he said this. He said, "I've learned to do this. I've learned to shepherd the the people that God brings, and I've mm-hmm. learned to celebrate the people that God takes." Mm-hmm. And if we can do that on a regular basis and teach our congregation to do that, I think we really we grow well in terms of understanding God's mission in the long run. Mm. All right, so maybe you need to be a part of a residency. Maybe you just need to be a lifelong learner and go through some of these materials. So even if you're not going to do a residency, take a look at the reading list. Take a look at those videos at nonignorable.org. Take a look at some of this material and figure out how you can grow and prayerfully consider being somebody who hosts a residency. This is one of those where I feel like almost everybody can either be a resident or host a residency, almost. And so prayerfully consider what you could do in that process wherever you are from coast to coast and sea to sea, joining the thousands of Missourians here with us live (laughs) at the Missouri Baptist Convention. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.